You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. So today I'm talking to Michael Collins. Michael's the regional host for the men's table for the Southern New South Wales and the ACT. The men's table. Michael started one here in Kiama about 12 months ago. So I thought I'd take the opportunity just to catch up, find out how things are going, and, uh, and, and what's the future for the men's table. So firstly, welcome Michael to Kiama Community Radio. Yeah, thanks Glenn. Good to be back. So, Michael, 12 months down the track, where are we at with the Kaima men's table? Well, we just had that May the 4th launch for the first table, and that was uh, men's table number 28, and uh, we call it MT28. And then a month later, there was enough demand, we could fill that table up, and, and there was enough demand for a second table. So June 15th last year, we launched uh, MT men's table 32. And they've been running successfully you now for the last 12 months. And one of those tables has asked to top up some additional members. And yeah, I was just on the phone with one of the co-hosts today. And the MT28 table is running really well. And they just want one or two more members. But the, the guys at MT32 were looking at maybe four or five more members. So they've asked me to help them out with that. So let's take a step back. Mm. Men's table, number one. Mm. And you're talking about 28, 38, or these numbers... You must be growing in, in um, popularity. Yeah, we are. Well, I guess uh, the first table was formed in 11 years ago, June uh, 2011. Uh, ben and David were the founders uh, of, of the charity, but, but Ben stood up at a networking event and, and said to uh, two of the guys at the end of the evening, look, uh, I, I, I can't talk good stuff about my business. I'm more worried about my marriage, myself, my family. I'm having a tough time with my, with my work. Uh, this doesn't seem like the right place to talk about it. And some of the guys, two of the guys realised with Ben being vulnerable, like he was, that they too were having some challenges that, well, I agree with Ben, but yeah, we should find a different place to do that. And that's what he did. He said, look, next week, guys, uh, end, of the, end of the session, um, but I want to form a men's group. Who's in? And, and one of the men who said yes was David Point, the other co-founder. And seven and a half years later was, uh, was MT. MT2, uh, the, the, the next table was born, and I'll tell you the story of that as well. But we're up to table 64, I think we've just launched uh, in the last three years. Really? Right across, what, New South Wales? And the ACT, and Victoria, and Ben, one of the founders, is now down Tasmania, launching tables at a great pace down in, in Tasmania. It's amazing the, the appetite for men to be able to be with men mm. and talk about men's problems. I'm familiar here in Kaima mm. with the Man Walk, yeah. started by uh, Mark Burns. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it is just uh, interesting that, that men need this or are happy to be in an environment where they'll talk to each other about things that they might not talk about openly. Well, not on the side of the footy field or lend up against the bar with you know, a couple of pots in you. Uh, I guess the... Um, yeah, we've got places where we've got, you know, we behave a certain way because that's the culture of what we do, right? And don't go and try changing the place that it is what it is, right? And, and often we say just create a new place, a new space where the conversa- different conversations welcome. And, and I think that's what we're encouraging. It's a really intention to have a different conversation. So talk me through the men's table. You've got uh, an entree event coming up or yeah, we do. trying to get some more people involved yeah. to fill the table. If I was to come along, what would I expect to happen? Yeah, good question. So um, we've got a, uh, the reason we have an entree event is because, you know, talking about it, reading it on a piece of paper, hearing it from someone else isn't really going to cut it for most people. Certainly not for guys. They want to touch and feel and sort of, sort of, what is this thing? What is it all about? And I want to have an experience. 
And that's what an entree is. It's like, I'll have a taster before I go to the main meal. And, and that's what it's all about. We're having some fun with the metaphor of the, the table. And, uh, and so we will host an evening and invite up to 16 men uh, with the idea that at the end of that evening they choose to say, no, nah, this is not for me, which is yeah, totally valid outcome. Uh, yes, I'm interested in joining a local table um, and I'd like you to introduce me to that table. Or potentially, I'd like to form a table with the guys in this room. Uh, or maybe I'm moving to another location, right? So maybe I'm moving to Sydney, I'm moving to wherever, and I might want to join that table. So all those are valid outcomes from, from an event. And, and so the entree, we encourage guys to turn up at an entree. We actually work with communities to, uh, of, of men and women to, to, to speak to the guys of need. We have men from 18 to, to 90 sitting at tables. The youngest man at one point was in Kayama, who was 23, uh, was, was our youngest uh, last year. So that intergenerational space for men to come and sit is, is great. It's an evening event. It's from 6.30. We kick off the dinner at 7 and finish by 9. Okay, so, so I come along and, and I'm supported by other men. So I disclose something. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing for me to, yeah. to go out and disclose uh, or talk about some of my issues. What safety nets do you have around that in, in your organisation? Yeah, great, great question. I guess part of that creating the right space is like, what's the thing that worked for the original table, MT1? Yeah. And they went back to those 12 guys when, when they thought about launching MP2 and sort of asked themselves, what are the things that really anchored and made this table different and made it work? And so the number one was confidentiality. It's in the vault. You know, whatever you share at the table is to stay at the table. Right? And so another man's story is not for you to share. Uh, is an explicit uh, principle, especially in smaller towns. You know, if you heard your story getting kicked down the street or coming across the counter at the pie shop at you, that would be the end of trust. I'd table. be mortified. Yeah, yeah. So it's just not a not, it's a not negotiable. And what you are allowed to share, though, just to be clear, is if I hear a story that resonates with me and makes me think something about my life or my relationship or my world, and makes you thoughtful and reflective. And, and when your partner said to you, what happened there last night? And you say, well, actually, I was thinking about our relationship and yeah, maybe we should be doing, having a conversation about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's not so ironclad that, you know, it's like, uh, don't talk about men's table. It's talk about how you feel about men's table. Okay, and, and so uh, we're having a discussion, but I don't think you can solve my problem. No, of course. So how do you... Give advice on that. I've disclosed that I've got a few issues, yeah. and uh, and we're having a conversation. I mean, I'm not an expert on your problems, so no. how, how do you how do you do all of that? What what happens there? It's a great question, Glenn. Uh, I think some men don't even turn up in the space if they think other guys are going to try and fix them, right? I mean, there's plenty of reasons like I won't share with you because you can't possibly because it's not safe to share it with you. That's the first thing. And if you think that someone's going to sit there and give you advice the unwarranted, unsolicited advice because somehow they know better about your life, that's like a deal breaker. I'm not going to turn up for that either. So it's explicit that we don't give advice. We don't judge. We don't criticize. And actually, we're not trying to fix each other. We call it the no fixing rule. Okay, but I might have had an experience mm. that was similar. Yeah. But is so, it the same? Well, it's, well, probably it's not the same. There you go. So, so you're saying that I shouldn't um, overburden you or be overbearing, telling you, oh, this is what I did, why don't you go and do that? Well, I guess here's the, here's the option. 
giving the man the power to share his story is valuable. Right? It's really valuable to get it off your chest, lightens the load, normalize some of your stuff. But, and he has the right to ask a table of men, any man, for some advice and say, hey, look, if anyone's got something to offer for me, maybe at the end of the night, you can come and have a chat in the car park, we have a catch up for a cup of coffee. Because the idea of that someone knows better about what's needed is not entirely true, right? It's, it's like, just because I say, just because you choose to share one little piece of a thousand piece puzzle called your life on one particular evening with a group of men, doesn't mean they know what the other 999 pieces look like. And they don't know how many are in place. And they don't know how valuable you getting clear on one piece of your puzzle is. So for me, it's like, don't, the valuable piece is, I'm clear. I shared my stuff and I'm clear. And I can ask for help if I want it. That's empowering me as a speaker, as a man. Offering to fix, coach or counsel possibly takes away a man's power. And if he's in counseling and being advised already, he's going to go, I didn't ask you to do that. You're a peer. You're not a professional. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to be a peer. So yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing what you're saying, but you would you would advise me at, at some point to maybe seek professional help. Yeah. So I guess there's a there's a there's a fine line, isn't there? Uh, in the same way, we call it the broken leg rule. You know, if you're walking down the road and you see someone with a broken leg, your job isn't to sit there and fix the broken leg, but it's definitely to make them comfortable, check in that they're okay and work out how to get them to the help that they need. And that's the referral pathway, right? So there's plenty of counseling courses that are called the Accidental Counselor. I think you mentioned one we talked before, where, and even any suicide intervention programs will tell you, your job's not to sit there and solve the person's problem, it's to check in, what's going on? <laughs> what do we need to do here to make you safe? And can I get you to the help that you need? And, and that's an attitude of care. And we don't use the word duty of care, that's very legalistic, but an attitude of care. It's, we're explicit that men have permission and an intention to show that attitude of care towards another man. Bravery as well is a word that, that I would uh, like to touch on because sometimes you've got to get out of your own comfort zone mm. and be brave and be able to say, listen, Michael, blah, 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 blah. Do you encourage that or does that come naturally in, in the room or how, how do you find that? I guess... You know, showing, if it, are you talking about from a man uh, speaking to another man who shared something or, or speaking from his own courage? My own courage to actually put myself out there to talk to you about whatever issue you raised. Yeah, so I guess engaging with a man, the first question is, would you like, have you finished or is there something you'd like me, can I, can I share an observation? Asking permission is the first question, right? What I'm seeing is something, I've seen something, or I'm noticing something, I'm observing something. The first question is, do you mind if I share that with you? And he might say, I really don't want to talk about it. And you need to be ready that just because you have something that you think you want to offer him, it may not be, he may not be ready to receive it. So the courage is, there's courage in offering. There's also being willing to, the courage in saying, actually, no, I don't need help right now. That's not the help I need right now. Okay. KCR.org.au Local radio, local people. You've been running here in Kaima now for 12 months. Yeah. Second table is up and running. Yeah. What about the outcomes? Do you have any statistics or any feedback on how this is going? I mean, I I really enjoy the man walk. It's a bit of a walk around, a bit of talk. We don't... I'm not sure that we have statistics on what happens, but do you have any stats on 
I guess, improvement or yeah. any feedback at all from, from the, the participants? Yeah. yeah, so we've got over 600 men in the community now with this number of tables, and some of them have been sitting for at least two or three years. So sustained, we're doing a what I call a longitudinal like time analysis over the three years for some of those longest running tables. But every year we also run an annual survey and those results are coming in. The survey for last year was called um, the Couch to Community. It's available on the website, the, the men's table .org. And uh, So let's let's just repeat that. If people want to go to the men's table website, website it's men's table .org. It's the men's the table, men's table, table .org. .org. Yeah, okay. No AU at the end. Okay. And there's two documents which were commissioned by the National Mental Health Commission to work with our community of men to see what the benefits were they were receiving and of our approach. The first one was the 2020 model of care, so that'll. And the second one here is called the Couch to Community. How to get um, a man who's stuck on a couch, uh, activated and engaged, and, and active in not just for himself with other men, but in the wider community. So that's that the progression. What we found was we did two different questions we asked one for men who are sitting at tables, what the benefit they were seeing. And, and I guess the benefits and, and the model has, has a couple of things you know, for each of them. One, they're sharing a meal. Right? They're regularly attending face-to-face -face meetings. It's 9 out of 12 months we ask men to attend. It's from 6.30 to 9 o'clock. So um, let's just capture that too. So it's a monthly meeting. Yeah. And, and, uh, same 12 men. Same 12. And the expectation is that I turn up a minimum 9 out of 12. Yeah. So I'm making a commitment up front. That's it. And, okay. and I guess what we often find is men say, well, I'll try it for two months and then I'll say, okay, I'm in. Right? Because you don't really know what it's like until you... That's what the entree's for, but actually that's, I've heard from a couple of guys. Oh, yeah, it's all well and good at the entree. Michael, you and David were there, or Ben was there, and like, we're going to be on our own next month. I said, yeah, you are. So it's going to take a little while, mm -hmm. right? It's, yeah, it'll take a little while to get a feeling. Like, how is it to be with another 12 men with this set of guiding principles? We call them the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things we have. We're a self-organizing peer group. So, I mean, it's not going to be like rosy and fantastic and amazing on the first time. It takes a little bit of time to learn this stuff. Yeah. So we actually have co-hosts who get put in uh, and two at a time, host a table, and we'll mentor a team of four men. And that's the support that we offer them. They have a no-status position, but what their role is, is to help support the table be in relation to these guiding principles about having good conversation called the fundamentals. Okay. So back to the outcomes? Yeah. So the ongoing commitment and the learning to work with these fundamentals has actually led to the outcomes. So um, that's the reason for mentioning them. And, and one of the things that we really believe in is, is that each table forms its own glue and there's this idea of reciprocity where I give uh, and I receive and, and I give my attention and my attendance and my listening, <laughs> the quality of my listening and regularly doing that. That's what I give in service. And what I give in return is I have a space where I get to share my stuff and other people turn up for me. So that's what we think about being in community. And what the, that's led to in terms of the benefits for guys, uh, I guess you know, some of the things we've captured here in terms of the survey data and this is uh, for the men who are turning up is they're seeing that they're more inclined uh, they can reach out for help. So those, you know, that, that statistic doubled before and after from 38 to 74% of men um, interviewed. Uh, the other big shift that men saw was were able to share and be open about what was going on for them, right? Rather than feeling maybe some shame or some embarrassment or some uncomfortableness around that, that went from 29 to, to 89 percent. 
The other one was learning to be okay with feeling a bit vulnerable, like actually sharing some stuff that's really going on for you rather than, you know, normally it's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine or everything's not fine. Oh, it's holding like, it in. Yeah, holding it in. Yeah. Right, yeah. Just, just not feeling it safe. That went from 31% to 72% from guys sitting at tables just in the space of a year. That's a, they're amazing transformations. That's yeah. a, a complete flip around by the sound of things yeah. from, where you, from where, when I walked in the door. Yeah, for a lot of guys who actually identified that they used to deal with stuff themselves, bottle stuff up, feel some shame and weakness, and, and some of them were you know, big users of, of substances to, to, to help cope with challenges in life. And we're seeing decreases in all of those negative behaviours as well. So, yeah, we do care about measuring the benefit. Uh, we thank the men who, who participate in those surveys, and it's really valuable to sort of not just think about, well, it could just be a, another meal at any pub, couldn't it? Right. But actually, you know, what we're hearing from men is it's different. Okay. So it sounds fantastic. It really does sound uh, like you're making, making progress. You're making, yeah. so certainly supporting people. So, talk me through now this men's table in Kaima, this next men's table in Kaima. Yeah. When is it? Yeah, 27th of July at the golf club. Um, Kaima Downs. Minamara Golf Club. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, that's where the existing two tables are meeting at the moment. And uh, we'll be running, uh, looking at a maximum of 14 men because of the size of the venue uh, for that. So, we've got a, a link that we can share that's on the website. Uh, you can look at join a table uh, or get involved. And there's a, there's a line that says attend an entree. So you can click on there and register. And that's the men's table? Dot org. Dot org. Okay. Yeah. Or I'm happy to share my phone number. If anyone wants to SMS me, I can send them the link as well. So it's Michael Collins on 0450-612-358. Now another thing, cost. What's it cost me? Well, the entree, we, we do charge, but that's simply so that we can cover the cost of the meal and a drink. I think the, we'll go back. $25, $27, I think, in, uh, for, for the on this particular entree based on the menu that we've got there. But on an ongoing basis, it's no cost. All right, there's nothing to pay the men's table. Your commitment is to turn up for the other men and cover your own meal cost and actually share a drink and a meal with them once a month. Uh, and that's, yeah, whatever you choose to eat is what you choose. Some venues, in fact, actually cook for each other. Yeah. And uh, that's unusual. Down in Corowa, they get a small group down on the border. Uh, the guys uh, have a, a community hall, and every every uh, every month, the different two men will cook a meal and feed the other feed the others. So it's uh, there's no one way to do this. Right? Yeah, every no table is different. Yeah, it's anyway. good. Sounds like guys are in a barbecue or something, but it is more than that. But it yeah. is. Yeah, and, and they actually do. They we say um, men don't not here to just talk about footy and shit is one of our mm -hmm. catchphrases. Well, but actually, for that first hour while they're cooking and eating together. You know, they pretty much talk about footy and shit. And once the seven o'clock comes, close the door, I say, right, I'm having a check-in. And we're in the vault and, you know, the men's table's in session. So okay. it, it sort of, it drops into a, a different level of conversation. Well, Michael, it's been fabulous talking to you today. It's always interesting to, uh, to learn what you're doing and where you're up to. Congratulations. Okay. There's some magnificent statistics yeah. because, um, yeah, people, doesn't matter, men or women. Yeah. People need that support. So yeah. it's been fabulous to talk to you today. Best wishes thank with you. the next table that's coming along. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, and I hope to catch up in some months' time and see how that's going. Yeah, I'd love to come back. It's your support. Community support is the thing that gets us and gets men to the table. So um, appreciate Radio's been amazing for us. And thank you for your time, Glenn. Thank you. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. 
The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kaima Community Radio.